Amen. You got a Bible? Hold it up and say, I just believe it. Oh, you no, 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 no. I, even if it's your phone, hold it up. Say, I believe it. I believe everything it says. I believe I am who God says I am. Blessed, healed, whole, right? I believe I am who it says. I believe I can do what it says I can do. Anybody really believe that? Amen. Amen. The, the, the Bible says, I, I, this was my early morning prayer this morning. It's honorable for a man to stop striving since any fool can do that. Amen. Not my message, just, just my early morning thought. Go to Romans chapter 12. I'm going to read one verse. Romans 12, one verse, and then I'm going to go to Isaiah 61 and read one verse. And uh, you'll catch how this dovetails into the prophet this morning. Romans 12, verse 10 says, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Look at James and be devoted in love. Honor one another above yourself. Say, honor others above yourself. And then go to Isaiah 61, verse 7. Instead of shame, you shall have double honor. Say, instead of shame, I'll have double honor. And instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double. Everlasting joy shall be theirs. Again, those of you that don't understand what a prophetic word, inspiring words are, I, I wrote this about a week ago, and there's my verses. I didn't just flip to them. They're in my, say with me, double Wow, a double honor and a double portion. A few weeks ago, I, I heard the Lord say, declare war on shame. Just declare war on it. I, I've been amazed over the last 20 years since the turn of the century how divided the world has become, how confused it's become. And, and, and it hasn't just taken sides. It has shamed anybody not on their side. It's made vitriol people that were different. I couldn't just be different. I had to be evil. And, and, and we've shamed. I still see it going on. Uh, you're, 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 you're put down for, you're shamed. And shame is so contrary to the kingdom of God. And, and shame is so much different from guilt. Guilt says, listen, I can be guilty over my behavior. Right? I, I can have bad behavior. Shame says you're bad. Shame takes it further, and it doesn't just say you did something wrong. It says you are wrong, and it, it, it vilifies, makes bad that. And so we, we wake up going, well, if I could just lose 20 pounds, or if I could just get a degree, or if I could just, you know, if I could be better at that. And we live in this swampland of shame, and that makes us feel small and flawed and never quite good enough. I actually believe that shame is a symptom of a loveless society. I believe that shame is a symptom of an honorless society. I, I believe that if we could recapture what it means to love one another, that we could see change. And I, 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 listen, people been around me very long know that I love change. I love changing stuff. I like to see things change. And, and I really, in the last several months, have been 
concerned about a lot of things, and the Lord began to speak to me about, well, change it. Change it. And what that really meant is that I had to change. And I believe you and I can change the world. If I were to tell you what has gone on, I, I, you can change stuff. You can change the culture that is so vitriol in our, come on. I mean, Simone Biles doesn't perform at the Olympics and the, the feeds go nuts against her because she didn't, that, that's, and, and, and she's finally stepped up and said, well, I had the twisties. I didn't know what twisties were, did you? But I've learned in the last, I love the Olympics, by the way. I love watching. The twisties is when your mind and your body is not in sync. So you lose muscle memory. Your body and mind are not in sync and you lose, your, your, your muscles have no memory. So it doesn't know how to do that third flip. And if you don't do the third flip and land on your feet, you could get hurt. So when your mind and your body are not in sync, you're, you lose muscle memory and you don't know how to perform and you can get hurt. It's twisty. That word twisted, say twisted. You know, the, word, the root word of the word twisted is wicker, which is evil. If you get twisted, you, you get in an atmosphere of wickedness. And it's twisted. I, I, I think that many times we as a culture are suffering from twisties. What we believe and how we behave, who we are, our spirit and our soul are kind of twisted. And they don't quite. And when that happens, the best thing you can do is sit down and shut up and be still and come to know. Right? It kind of gets twisted. And, and over the last 20, 25 years, I've watched things get twisted. Did you know any teaching taken to the extreme is the detriment of the teaching? That if you take any teaching out of the scriptures and run it too far without the aid of other truths, that it can get twisted. Am I making any sense? And as your pastor, I believe in all of it. And I don't want to be just one. I want all that I hate the word, but it's the only word I can use, that balance. You can't, but that twist, we suffer from these twistedness, and we begin to shame things that we shouldn't shame. And I want to see things changed, right? It's one of the reasons why I got so involved in the community. I had no clue, Kent, that just by getting on a phone call, by making a phone. Just, we can make change. And people change for four different reasons. Number one, they hurt. If you hurt bad enough, you'll change, Right? That's why you spent, no, if they hurt bad enough, most people stay the same until the pain of remaining the same is greater than. Number two, people change because they get inspired. Try to inspire people to make change. Number three, people make change because they're informed and they learn better, right? Number four, the, the largest reason why people make change is because they, they receive. Did you know that, that the behavior that you point out is the behavior that they'll repeat? If they receive enough affirmation, if they receive enough praise, if they receive enough, they'll repeat that behavior. Amen. There's an entire science dedicated 
to conscious discipline. That instead of pointing out bad behavior, praise good behavior, and they'll repeat good behavior. Do you know, Jesus came not to reveal sin, but to cover sin. He said, love triumphs over. Love one another because it covers a multitude of sin. God himself came not to point out bad behavior, but to cover that behavior and call you too. Isn't it interesting how the church thinks that it's her job to point out bad behavior? That's twisted. That's just not quite, didn't say we didn't have bad behavior, but if he came to forgive and call us into, then maybe we ought to, and once people receive enough affirmation for what they do well, they will repeat that. Change occurs when you give people affirmation for who they are. Shame is the opposite of that. If you keep shaming people, they'll keep repeating that kind of behavior. Are you here? I want to declare war on that. I want to declare war on that because love never fails. I want to declare war on that because love sees the best in other people. I want to declare war on that because the greatest of these things is love. And John just simply says, God is love. And that if you love people, if you God people, if you point out the potential that's within them inherently by being innately connected to God, they'll discover who they are in Christ. Rather than pointing out all that's, how about pointing to and calling people back to their truest identity, which was one made in the image and the likeness of God. Looking for the best in people. Peter says, above all else, have love one for another, because love covers sin. John just says, God is love. Paul goes into that entire dissertation about what love is. And Jesus said, if you love me and love your neighbor... Right? And the world will know that you're my disciples because of the love that you have for one another, not for what you stand up against, but for what you call people into. And last week, I tried to take that word love and say, how do we love? Well, we love by valuing people, by considering people valuable. And what you value, you take care of, or at least I do. I mean, I have some toys and I take care of them because I value them. I have some, and number two, the way you love people is add value to them. Try to increase their value. Try to up their self-worth. I mean, if we just walked into rooms today and tried to up the self-worth of people in that room, we could change the world. Just take their self-worth from here to here. If you just go to work tomorrow and just add value to people. Number three, I said, live good values. And if you don't know what good values are, my dad used to say, your word is your bond. Uh, have some values of integrity. Have some, value, have some core values by which you live your life. If you don't know what those could be, go to Galatians chapter 5. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, kindness. Just have some, live, live value-revealing lives. So how do we love people? Well, we... We value people. We add value to people. And we live by values. Do you know if you have values, you don't have to keep making that decision over and over again. You don't have to 
See, if I make a decision to live by values, I don't have to put up with some of the choices that the world continually brings my way. No, I, I have a value system that I, I, no, I made that choice. I'm not going to do that. I, I'm, I have a value system, and so I don't sleep with other women because I have a value system. That doesn't mean other women haven't tried. Yeah, amen. I ain't that ugly. <laughs> I used to have hair. Are you there? So, the value. <laughs> Keep going. I got, I got myself. <laughs> to live by the golden rule. The golden rule, you know, treat other people the way you want to be treated. Uh, or, uh, listen, my grandmother told me that I am my brother's keeper. I, I am. I am. That my neighbor and how I treat my neighbor matters to live by those values. And it's easier if you understand that God valued us from the beginning. I love Psalm chapter 8. I love the question, what is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou made him slightly lower than the angels. And you have crowned him with glory and honor. And you have given him to have dominion over the works of your hands and put all things under his feet. Did you know that when God made Adam, he crowned him with his essence? And Adam, though he was naked, was clothed in glory. That Adam did not know that he didn't have any clothes on because he was clothed in the glory of God. The light around Adam was so bright that you couldn't see his freckles. He was clothed in the essence of God. He crowned him with honor. To honor means to value, to hold in high esteem, to hold respectfully. God holds in high esteem you. He respects you. He respects you so much that he gave you the same ability to choose that he has. Why does God allow sin? Because he respected you more than you respected you. He valued your right to choose more than you value your right to choose. He, he crowned us with this awesome honor that he that, that honor, he, that he would recognize and bow. You say, when did God ever bow to me? He came to the earth. He became a man. He bowed himself, emptied himself, and came as one of us. He, he honored us by coming to us. He honors. We were crowned with that honor. And it is that honor and glory that gives us dominion. A lot of people want to talk about the authority of the believer and the dominion to rule, but they are not honorable. And when men and women are not honorable, they have no authority to rule or reign. And one of the reasons why people don't walk in the authority of dominion over their lives is because they're not honorable people. And I could talk to you about the authority that you have as a child of God. However... You have to walk in honor in order to be able to have the gift of that authority. Am I making any sense? And I just have to say to you over the course of my life, I've seen us lose respect for one another. I've seen us lose honor for one another. 
Isaiah says, you were preciously made and crowned with honor. Adam and Eve had known of that glory and they bought into the lie that they could separate from God and still maintain that honor. That's a lie. That they could choose outside of God and still walk in that glory. That was a lie. That they could be independent of God and have the same. That's a lie. You can't live that way. Only as we're united in one. See, we... I believe that honor could destroy the twisties. I believe that honor would put you back in sync. That the spirit of God and your life would come back in sync and you would obtain your muscle memory again. So that when you go through life innately, you would just instinctively, you would by the Holy Spirit know how to live a life if we could recover what it means to honor Again, notice how quiet it gets here. Just to honor one another the way he has honored us, to honor, to recognize the value of another, to recognize the greatness of another. You know, you can be in greatness and not recognize it. Very few recognized he was the king when he was wrapped in swaddling clothes. Very few recognized him as the son of God as he stood in the temple at 12. And only one thief out of two recognized him as God when they hung on the cross. It, it, the difficulty is we think that we can observe greatness. But the Bible says the kingdom of God comes without observation, meaning you can't watch it happen. You have to see it when it's unseen. You have to know it without having the knowledge thereof. We've lost our ability to recognize the honor, and honor is a principle that you'll never get away from. First Samuel chapter 2 says, For those who honor me, I will honor them. Jesus came along and said, If you honor me, you've honored the Father. If you honor the Father, you've honored me. And that's the same dude that says, if you do unto the least of them, you've done it unto me. So how do you honor Jesus? Will you honor his children. You want to dishonor me? Dishonor one of my grandchildren. I'm serious. I don't really need a lot of, really don't. But I do expect you to honor my grandkids. I sat in the presence of a gentleman the other day, and he was telling me how much he disliked this set of children. In fact, he got real close to using that four-letter word, hate. Listen, you want to dishonor me, you dishonor my child. Am I making any sense? But there are people that just fall into this dishonoring so easily. God crowned us with honor and he expects us to honor those he's crowned. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm crowned with honor. Look back at that neighbor and say, so are you. This, this forgetfulness, we get twisted that God has honored. I've been asked for years, why does God do miracles on other places of the world and we don't see much here? Well, I want to connect a dot or two for you. Mark chapter 6, 
in his hometown, Jesus could do no mighty works there. He could do no miracles there. And he goes on to say, for a prophet is without honor in his own house. You see, familiarity will breed dishonor. You know where dishonor takes place more than anywhere? In families. Because you know everybody, right? You've been married 10 or 12 years. You already know and you just kind (laughs) of... And dishonor breeds... And where there's a lack of honor for God, healing is hindered. Can I tell America something? America, your lack of honor for God has hindered the move. Everybody wants to say it if you have enough faith. Faith only works in a culture of honor. Or it's honored. He could do no mighty works there. Honor. Maybe we need to recover the ability to learn what it means to honor and not to see each other as ordinary, but rather see each other as extraordinary. I love the stories in the Bible because they speak to all of this. You, you, do you, Jesus came and he said, he who believes in me will never be put to shame. And they brought that woman, they threw him at his, her at his feet, and they were ready to stone her in her shame. And you know the story, right? He who is without And he reaches down, he picks her up. God knows how to step into our shame and honor us in the midst of our shame. You know what the church does? Keeps pointing out that shame. Jesus steps into that shame becomes naked as we on the cross and lifts up. And you know how she repaid that honor? She brought her alabaster jar. She let her hair down. And she poured all of her possessions over his feet. And he said, oh. You You know what the disciples said? What a waste. What the world calls waste, God calls honor. The world looks at this hour on Sunday morning and says, what a waste. And we call it worship and honor. See, God steps into those things that seem to be, and yet he lifts it up into this place of, just maybe a little further, just stories. I have people all the time tell me, well, I know that story. I've read that story. You know, every time I read one of those stories, I get more out of it. You remember, you remember the story of the centurion and he goes, oh no, no, you don't have to go. All you got to do is speak a word. That centurion honored Christ and his authority to the degree he says, you don't even have to come to me, just speak it to me. What if we honored God so much that we said, oh God, I don't have to have a goosebump of feeling. All I have to do is hear your word. Or the woman that had the daughter, the Syphonician woman, and she goes, well, can I have a crumb? Doesn't a dog deserve a crumb? What an honor. And you know, God called it great faith. I, I think we've called faith and missed the fact that real faith is honor. That I honor you in faith. It's not because I see you doing great things. It's because I know you are great. I'm not evaluating your performance. I'm honoring who you are. And the world honors your performance. 
but God honors who you are. By faith, he called it. But it's honor. I think the kingdom of God works with honor, with glory, with respect, with this. You can feel it, right? You can feel it when someone respects you. You can feel it when someone values you. When someone holds you in high esteem, it's actually the opposite of shame. So to my verse, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. There's a difference between loving and being devoted to loving. Be devoted, focused, and honor. Say honor. Respect, highly respect. Take delight in it above yourself. In other words, give up your seat for someone else. Give up your right for someone else. The message says, <laughs> to have a genuine affection. To take delight in giving up and honoring. I, I really think that Honor would untwist it and we'd recover that memory of who we are. And we could perform. So how and who do we honor? Who do we honor? I got seven points. Who do we honor? I love what Peter says in 1 Peter 2. He says, honor all people. Just say all. Just look around you and say, I'm going to honor you. I'm going to respect you. I'm going to hold you up. I'm going to value you as one created in the image of God. Uh, the message says, treat everyone with honor. I like what Paul writes in the Philippians. He says, don't do anything out of a selfish motive, but consider other people's interests above your own. You didn't hear me. Other people's interests. What are they? What they care about. Number two, Honor, Romans 13 says, honor those in authority. Can I tell you, I, I, I'm, I'm stunned. I was raised that you honored authority. Even if you didn't agree with them. I mean, Daniel didn't agree with Nebuchadnezzar, but he honored Nebuchadnezzar. And by honoring Nebuchadnezzar, you know, he became the prime minister of the captive country in which he, we somehow, I gotta tell you, in my own lifetime, it's interesting over the last 40 years how much we dishonored them if we didn't elect them. Oh, let it sink in. Well, but I don't agree. I don't care whether you agree or not. You honor the police officer. I'm sorry. You, you, you honor the teacher. Maybe I'm old-fashioned, but you honor the teacher. You respect the teacher. I mean, I, Bruce can tell you, there are people that, are, that have limited freedoms because they had no respect for authority. How about just respecting the, the usher? Uh-oh. How about... I, I can't tell you the number of the 20, 20 plus years of helping run this childcare, walking down the hall and seeing a parent chewing out a teacher, a teacher who makes minimum wage. Yeah. Right. 
I'm sorry. Honor that person. Honor them. (laughs) Hold them in high esteem. Respect them. I'm sorry. When did doctors become your enemy? I I was in the ICU yesterday because I got called in because he was dying. Who? You don't know him. I don't know him. I just am a volunteer chaplain out at the hospital. So they'll call you and say, we have an end of life. And Sherry knows it. You just walk in. You don't know anybody. And he certainly didn't know what was going on. And here's two members of the family over here screaming at the nurse. When, when, honor. There's a lack of honor for authority. When we honor all people, but pray for those in authority. Pray for your care pastors. I appreciated bruises. In fact, I have to be careful here because it says give double honor to your spiritual leaders. Number three, I better move on because that could get sticky. Number three, uh, honor thy father and thy mother. Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may be well with you and that you might live long. It's the first commandment with, with the promise, honor one's father and mother. How, listen, my kids didn't have a choice. I don't care if you don't like her. She's your sister. Honor her. Could we honor family? Come on. Could we just honor family? To hold, listen, my grandmother's, I know they're not God, but they were awfully close. Because you, you honored family. When, when family got together, listen, they still don't have a choice. Dad's cooking beads, you better show up. You got to eat them beads. I got a whole other. I got honor the family. That unit that. Number four, and it's a pet peeve I have. And, 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 and if you've had trouble in this area, I just want you to know we're starting today. I'm not talking about you're going to live today. How about honoring marriage? Honor the institution called marriage. The Bible says marriage is honorable among all. And the bed is undefiled. But fornicators and adulterers. I'm very concerned at 63 about how we don't honor marriage. I get tickled about people who get so upset about same-sex things. You're so upset, but you haven't honored your own. Before you get upset about that, maybe you better recover what it means to honor your own bed. Now, don't hear what I didn't say. What I'm trying to say to you is we have to honor marriage. I dare say this, but I'm going to say it. So, Used to, at least when I grew up, if you thought marriage, you thought church. If you thought marriage, you thought preacher. You thought witnesses. What man is put together, let no man tear us up. We thought God was the third party of marriages. It's a holy matrimony. It's a sacrament of marriage. Today we think about a beach. 
we're more, and a beer, we're more concerned about the Instagram photo than we are the power of God that takes place in the church in front of witnesses. Can I tell you, if we're going to honor marriage, we've got to get back to the fact that God instituted it. If we're going to argue for heterosexual marriages, we're going to have to get God back into it. We've got to honor it. Oh, well, I've got to move on because I can see. How about one more? Husbands likewise dwell with their understanding, giving honor to your wife. Guys, 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 could you honor her? Listen, you want to blow her mind? Walk out to the car after church and open the car door. And then pick her up off the parking lot (laughs) and buy her lunch. I get tickled with men going to me. God never answers my prayer. I got your problem. <laughs> Giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel as being heirs together in the grace of life that your prayers may not be. <sighs> Do you know what Adam knew about Eve? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. They didn't go dating. There was no date. Try it on precise. There was no date. She was a gift from God. That's what he knew. 44 years, can I tell you? She's a gift from God. I have to honor that. Men, if you'd learn how to... Moving on. This is how you honor. Uh, uh, This one's becoming closer to home. Wisdom is with aged men. I had hair. And with the length of days comes understanding. Could we please learn how to honor age? In a culture that is infatuated with youth, could I just suggest to you that wisdom is going to be found by asking someone older? Someone with what's called a hoary head, a white head. Listen, I, I have spent my life trying to get around aged people and saying, what did you do? How did you do it? To value the maturity of time and of having lived. We don't honor that. Listen, I was taught to say, yes, ma'am. No, sir. sir. (laughs) I was taught to say, excuse me. I, 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 I was taught that you didn't interrupt. Boy, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. But could we learn how to honor age? And gain wisdom. There could be a lot of things. that. Ha- I, this is the sixth one. And I got to tell you, I struggle with this one because I, I remember when I learned it, I went off to, to school to get a degree. And uh, I was 50-ish. And the man that was the head of this cohort that I was in, I would lovingly refer to him privately as a tree hugger. Oh, I'm not the only redneck in here. I'm getting older. <laughs> and, and I discovered through Dr. Sweet that he cared about creation, that he honored creation. I knew you didn't throw a pop bottle in the parking lot. I knew you didn't litter. 
But can I tell you, God created this world. And to quote a man that I highly esteem, leave it better than you found it. Leave it better than you found it. Oh, are we taking care of this thing? Do we honor it? So that those that come after us, we need to honor. And finally, I just say it this way, honor God. Just honor God. He said, if you honor me, I'll honor you. Honor everyone. Honor authority. Honor family. Honor marriage. Honor age. Honor nature. And honor God. How? Well, put God first. Put God at the top. I give God the first few minutes of my day. Literally. I give God the first few minutes of my day. I give God this day. There's a lot of people that don't understand this is the Lord's day. This is his. And I honor him by taking, some people think this is silly, but I've spent my whole life knowing, listen, grandma took me to church and you were vomiting, she gave you a paper bag. (laughs) And we didn't go because we liked the music. We didn't go because we liked the preaching. We went because we were here to honor him. Can I tell you something this morning? We're here to honor the Lord. It's his day. Put him first. Oh, this might get me in trouble, but, but, but we talked about it earlier. Honor the Lord with your possessions. Bring your first fruits. How do you honor? Will you put God first? It's about priorities. It's about the order. It's not about the amount. It's about the order. So you prioritize that that you value. Number two, how. How, how do you honor Number two, check your language. Blessing and cursing should not come out of the same mouth. Check your words. Are are, are your words honorable? Do they exhort? Do they lift up? Do they... Check this. (laughs) Number number three, these are so simple. See, I protect it. I protect that which I honor. I surround it. I, 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 if I hear someone dishonoring something, I, I say, no, 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 no. I'll protect that. And some, it, honor sometimes makes me break my silence. Sometimes makes me step out a little further. See, I think honor will destroy shame. I don't want you shaming people in my presence. Uh, 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 see, dishonor disqualifies Dishonor is contagious. Dishonor will destroy. Sometimes we have to protect that. Several years ago, uh, a long time ago, our, our children hit puberty. Did anybody, has anybody had children that hit junior high? Okay. They became teenagers. And I don't know, but they lost their minds. And I, I, I didn't know what to do with the orange hair. I didn't know how to raise. I knew how to handle a four-year-old. But when they got to where they could think and articulate, 
and actually give you a pretty good argument for what they were doing. One to which I had no response. And I went to this aged man, deeply respect him. And I said, I need help. I'll never forget. He leaned back and looked at me and said, Quentin, he said, I'm going to share with you the principle of honor. And I wrote it down. I went and looked it up in one of my journals. Never permit grace, greatness in your presence without celebrating it, recognizing it, and acknowledging it in some way. I remember seeing her thinking, what does that have to do with my son? He said, Quentin, never permit greatness in your presence without celebrating it, recognizing it, and acknowledging it in some way. Can I tell you, the problem wasn't with the kid going through puberty. The problem was in dad's failure to recognize, to celebrate, and to acknowledge the greatness of this human being that I had been given the privilege to raise. Kids today, you have no honor. You listen to me. Don't come to me and start talking about kids today. You have no honor. I can remember it every time I tell this story. Nick would rather I didn't. But I got home from driving to ask this man. And that had going on in my mind. And I walked into the house and went down to the basement. And got in front of my son. And said, son, it's such an honor to be your dad. It's such an honor. Never be in the presence of greatness without recognizing, celebrating, or acknowledging it. The issue wasn't with my child. The issue was with me. To honor, to bow, to respect, not because of a performance, but because of who they are. If I have a gift, it has to do with my ability to just be transparent in front of you. I had to learn that over 20 years ago. Longer. How do we untwist the twisties? We learn to honor. We understand how to lift up. Instead of shame, you'll have double honor. Instead of confusion, you'll rejoice. And in their land, they shall possess double. It's the right of the firstborn. It's what it is. Devote yourself to one another in brotherly love and honor one another above yourselves. Put God first. Put God first. Watch your words and protect the greatness and the gift of the persons with which you share life by honoring them above yourself. We can change the world by simply learning how to honor one another, to love 
to value, to honor. And can I tell you, it begins with those closest to you. Right here. Generally with those who share your table. It starts right there. We can change the world. By just learning that little... There's an old story. I've read it somewhere. Babe Ruth. Anybody remember Babe Ruth? Okay. I'll lighten the load. Babe Ruth, he signed a lot of baseballs. He only signed seven bats in his career. Seven home run bats. Can you imagine the value? And they had found all of them but one until about 1987. And there was this old fellow that had this bat and he had no family. When he died, he gave it, Sherry, to the hospice nurse. And she really didn't know what it was, so she took it home and put it under her bed. And it lay there for another four, five, six years until she retired and she wanted to open a restaurant. And she said, I wonder what that bat might be worth. $1.1 million. She built her restaurant and gave the rest of it to one of Babe Ruth's charities. That stick of wood, $1.1 million. Because it had Babe Ruth's name on it, Jesse. How much more? The person sitting next to you, who God put his name on. And you might not know it. Father, we just are before you this morning and we want to honor you. We want to recognize who you are, the greatness that you are. We want to say thank you for giving us your honor and the privilege of being your children. So we just give you praise, respect, recognize value. I pray that there's anyone in this room that doesn't feel respected or valued or honored that in the name of Jesus in this moment the Holy Spirit would release all of that to you in Jesus name